reading a lesson guide uh, from Paul Chapel uh, on this, and I've really uh, liked it. I think he's done a good job on it. Uh, but uh, we've looked at Ephesians chapter 5. I think I had you turn there already. And we've already broken these verses down uh, and talked about them in great detail our last lesson, uh, just kind of looking at some of the issues uh, in the media and social networking and so forth. And uh, I think one thing hopefully we've learned is that uh, I think sometimes that, and when I say the media, you know, I'm just, I'm talking about all of it. <laughs> you know, uh, smartphones, uh, iPads, you know, uh, connection to the outside world uh, at the touch of a button, okay? That would include, uh, you know, TV, you know, all of it, okay, that's out there. Some of it's been around a long time. Some of it is fairly new and seems like they're just coming up with something new every day. Um, and I think that there, a lot of people do not understand just how dangerous these things are, you know. I know I didn't. Uh, my son was born in the early 90s. And, uh, uh, boy, if I could go back and do some things differently, I would. I would, okay. Uh, and it's not my son's a, a great man of God, uh, but but uh, we 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 really didn't realize just how dangerous it was. But by God's grace, you know, I, I praise the Lord that uh, we we were able to make that through that. Uh, but uh, I sure would change some things. As a matter of fact, talking about my son, of course, today's Father's Day, so I had him on my mind and heart this morning, and and uh, he's he's a daddy now too, and uh, got another one on the way. Uh, but he's a little bit of a uh, kind of a you know, he, he kind of likes to do things that make me nervous sometimes. Um, he likes to go out there where we grew up. That's where he lives now. And, and uh, it's called the Ha Ha Tonka State Park out there. And um, uh, he likes to go out there. It's a big hiking trail. And maybe some of you have been there. I don't know. Uh, but you can get off the beaten path. In other words, you can kind of roam around through the woods and whatever. It's very hilly there. It's very beautiful. Big, tall bluffs and the lakes there and everything. And uh, he told me about his... He had a spot that he liked to hike and go to, and he invited me one day to go with him. So I was still pastoring up there. And uh, I said, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. And it was hot, and uh, I didn't really want to go hiking, but I did want to spend time with my son. So <laughs> so I went, and so we take off, and we're just going through the woods. I mean, there's no trail. And uh, I'm like, man, boy. And uh, so finally we get there, and he says, this is one of my favorite spots to be. I like to just come here and be alone with the Lord. And, and uh, so we get there, and the brush is real thick, and uh, there's like this... I can't really tell where we're at, but I could tell we're very high up in the air. And finally, he kind of jumps out on this little ledge, and then I jump out on it, and we're just like out in the middle of space. I mean, it's like down. I mean, like you would die if you fell off of here, okay? And, of course, I'm like, whoa, son. He's like, what? I'm saying, I said, look, you can't be out. You know, I was kind of, you know he, at the time, he was just in his mid-early 20s, and, uh, but had children by the little girl. I said, I call him J.L. I said, J.L., I said, you know, if you fell right here, nobody, we'd never find you. We didn't even know you'd be dead, okay? And I said, that's too close. You know, you have no room for error here. You know, I mean, if you just slip a little bit, I said, you're, you're gone. And, uh, and of course, you know, he, you know, young men, you know how they are. And uh, so uh, he probably still goes there to this day. He just don't tell me about it. Uh, but, um, but that was obvious to me. But unlike the media monster, and that's what we're calling it, a lot of people don't see it that way. They don't see how close not only themselves, but their family is to the edge. And, and I want to tell you something. I mean, that's, that's horrifying to think about if somebody was to fall off that edge and how terrible that would be. 
But I want to tell you something. It's just as dangerous, and lives are just as destroyed with this whole media monster thing in that way. As a matter of fact, it's probably more prevalent than those types of accidents. Okay, And so, again, we, we want to understand that there's a real... Uh, danger there. So we're going to read the whole text together. And again, I'm not going to talk about everything, but I do want to read it together. And we're specifically going to focus uh, quite a bit on verse 15. We're going to start there at verse 8. It says, For you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light. There was a time when you wasn't saved, but now you are uh, in the Lord. Walk as children of light, uh, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. These are probably ringing some bells as we broke this verses, these verses down in our last lesson. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So we're not to blend with these things, accept them into our lives. For it's a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Of course, we've talked about how a lot of things that are done online are often done in secret because of the immorality and those types of things. Verse 13, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. And we need the light to show us what's wrong, amen? Verse 14, wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest. You know, again, we're not aware sometimes of just how much danger that we're putting ourselves in. And arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. And notice verse 15, see that you walk circumspectly. And you ought to you ought to mark this in your Bible, underscore it in your Bible. See then that ye, believers, walk circumspectly, not as fools, but uh, as wise. And so, again, you know, when I, when I think about that verse 15, very important verse. And, uh, you know, we might think, I've never been to the Grand Canyon, but uh, some of you probably have. And I'm not sure how they have it roped off and those types of things. But, but, uh, but I can imagine, say you've got a young family and you have your children in tow with you at the Grand Canyon. And even though I'm sure there's probably uh, guards and handrails and those types of things, I guarantee we're being pretty circumspect about that, right? You know, Junior might squirt through the crack or something, right? You know, And, and again, I, I'm not sure exactly how it's laid all out, but, but I'm just trying to get you to understand because it's so obvious that, hey, somebody could really get hurt right here. You know, I know I would be. I'd probably be a nervous wreck. You know, if my grandchildren were there, I probably wouldn't even see the Grand Canyon. I'd just be constantly watching them. You know, get away from there. <laughs> get back. <laughs> you know, those types of things. I'm not saying that's right, but that's just kind of how I am. Uh, but, uh, uh, again, I believe we would walk circumspectly. In other words, we'd be paying attention uh, to those little ones. Uh, in other words, you wouldn't want them to get close to the edge, I'm sure, uh, because little children, they don't realize the danger. They don't realize that, hey, if I jump off of this thing, that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to fall for a long time. And so they don't realize the danger. So it's up to you, right, to keep them safe. I mean, if, if a four-year-old, you know, wandered off too close to the edge and jumped off, we wouldn't say, well, you know, that was his fault. He ought to know better than that. No, it, that's not how it works, is it? It'd be mom and dad, right? I mean, it's up to them to keep them safe. And by the way, that's biblical as well. And so we're talking, though, about the media and technology, and really I see it as a Grand Canyon, you know, because, uh, you know, it, it draws, like the Grand Canyon, it draws a lot of awe and attention, the media does. You know, I mean, it's, I mean I'd like to see it someday, but, but, but again, there's still a lot of danger in there. And, and technology is certain, certainly the same way. So we have to be circumspect, alert to spiritual danger, because it's out there, again, as we're calling it here, the media monster. 
And that's really what this lesson's all about. And we're going to see how to be circumspect concerning uh, the, the media and those types of things. So you can look there at your notes. You can just kind of follow along. Uh, sometimes I stick with the notes. Sometimes I don't. But, but most, of, most of all these notes are for your convenience uh, later on. Uh, but you can follow along there. Number one, uh, physical protection. And we notice letter A, technology is still new, and we don't fully understand the physical effects. And I just want to read this paragraph to you, because now this isn't, as far as I know, this isn't necessarily a Christian man that's trying to prove a biblical point. He's just saying some things here. Uh, but we see there Dr. Gary Small, the book that he wrote. And uh, this book reports that uh, neuroimaging studies show that when a teen uh, sends and receives texts, the same part of their brain lights up as an addict's brain who is using heroin. You know, I don't know about you, but my heart just kind of dropped when I read that. And I shared a little bit this Wednesday night. He says, there is a release of dopamine in their system that causes a feeling of pleasure or reward. You know, now if that doesn't, you know, that ought to put us on alert. Not only if my teen has spent a lot of time texting and back and forth and addicted to all this, me. (laughs) Amen. And so, again, that ought, to, that ought to really say something. Again, this is just somebody that studies these types of things and said that, and I think it's very, very telling. Uh, and, again, really causes me to tremble, not only in my own life and those types of things. Again, my son, he was born in the early 90s, and a lot of the video games and stuff were all kind of coming on and online stuff. And, and uh, again, by God's grace, uh, I, I don't believe he's uh, uh, affected by it today, but... But as I said a while ago, I would have done things much differently. Because looking back, and as, as this develops even more and more, this whole media monster thing, uh, it, it just, I, I, I really put him and, and our family at risk. Big time. I wish somebody would have had the boldness to say, hey, you know, this, this isn't something that you want to do. Uh, and then plus, just being a pastor, I've, I've seen the outcome of these things as well as, as trying to help families recover from these types of things. And so again, it's, it's something that we really need to, to think about uh, and understand that, hey, there is a great danger uh, lurking out there, and uh, we need to be really, really careful. And so we look there at letter B, the Bible words for, for addictions uh, are strongholds. I'm trying to make a connection here, and I believe it's correct. But look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10 there on your notes, verse 4 and 5. Uh, Paul says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Understand that we're, this, is, uh, this is a spiritual battle. Matter of fact, everything that we struggle with, the devil's behind it, right? So everything's a spiritual battle. We think of Ephesians 6.12 as well. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That word strongholds would mean what we see today as addictions. We see that, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And so certainly we need to understand that that when we're dealing with any type of addiction, whether it's drugs, and and I understand there's some physiological things that, that are attached to these things, but mainly this is a spiritual battle. Um, and uh, none of us probably in here would give a nod to heroin and hopefully not pot either, uh, alcohol, those types of things. But at the same time, if we're not careful, we're giving a nod to media. And we're seeing some of the same effects, the same type of spiritual uh, uh, battle that's going on through these things. So we need to really see this 
uh, as, as I believe God sees it and, and understand that that the media monster, you know, and there's a lot of different aspects that can become a stronghold uh, very quickly. Uh, we'll talk about this point here in a little bit, but, uh, you know, I've, I've shared with you uh, with these things before and some of my uh, uh, concerns about young people today and their they're, they're not able to uh, converse. There's like a, you know, there's this wall, and uh, there's really, you know, a face-to-face conversation with other people, you know, is almost unheard of today. <laughs> uh, and I think that that's very, very dangerous. It's, it's not uh, something of God. And again, we, we spend time, uh, uh, the average, not, it could be higher, uh, but 3,000 texts a month. Uh, the average teenager, in multiple hours of, of playing games and those types of things. Uh, again, not having that face-to-face uh, with other people. Uh, and this is, you know, when we think about people that are introverted that way, some people are just naturally. But but you know what I'm saying. Somebody that just doesn't want to get out, that just, you know, is in their shell, that got their hood pulled over. Who do we see that from? We see that from addicts people that are addicted to drugs. We see that same type of behavior. And now we're seeing it in, in children. You know? And, and I just think we gotta wake up, folks. I mean, we, we gotta, we gotta wake up and, and see that there's a, there's a problem here. Um, and I believe also that, that, that media monster certainly has become a stronghold, uh, an addiction even in their life. Uh, and we think about that, that we're to be filled with the Spirit, amen? Uh, we're to be filled with the Spirit. And, uh, so when we think about when we have a stronghold, again, media monster, uh, certainly that's going to be a quencher of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Uh, and it's so important. Uh, and as a pastor, I know sometimes uh, a couple of people very nicely and, and respectfully have, have voiced their opinion. <laughs> and, I, you know, I'm fine with that. Please don't ever be afraid to voice your opinion to me. Uh, but, uh, but I know I do make a big deal about electronics in the church service. And I understand some people have their Bible on them and, and those types of things. Uh, but, but listen, if, if, if you or your child can't make it through a church service without checking whatever it is that you're checking, I'm just saying that's a stronghold in your life. You, at that moment, you, listen, you are quenching the Holy Spirit of God trying to do something in your life. And not only are you quenching it for yourself, but you're quenching it for other people. Amen. So, you know, just, Leave them in the car. Amen? Praise the Lord. So, uh, it's something that, again, we really need to get a hold of. It is a stronghold, and we don't want to quench the work of the Holy Spirit, not only in just a church service, but in your life uh, in general. So, what parents can do to protect their children from the physical harm of the media monster, we just have some practical steps here. Um, Number one, check your own use of media and technology. Now, here's where I kind of had to, uh, you know, the, the Lord kind of smacked me upside my head a little bit, <laughs> you know, uh, because, uh, you know, I, I don't do social networking or Internet or, 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 or those types of things. Um, but um, uh, I, I, uh, I have been guilty and probably still am today, you know. Uh, you know, if there's a, you know, especially today with, uh, I felt like I went out there for a second, you know, today with uh, some of the, the TV programming, you can binge watch shows. Amen. 
And I'll be honest with you, I kind of get stuck on some of them hunting shows sometimes. <laughs> and before I've known it, several hours have gone by. You know, uh, I love Andy Griffith. I got him on CD. And I can watch him over and over and over and over again. You know. So I, I'm just saying that, yeah, I might not be sitting on a phone and, 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 and FaceTiming and those types of things, but I am in a lot of ways doing the same thing, am I not? So I'm just saying we got to check ourselves a little bit, uh, and 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 I understand that you know there, there's probably you know well it's not as bad and maybe it is maybe it isn't I don't know but it's still the same type of thing, and uh, I want to do everything I can not to encourage my children and grandchildren and even others uh, to to fall into to some of those things. So you need to check your own use uh, of media and technology. Um, I don't think I got it down uh, on your notes. But uh, you don't have to turn there, but in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10, Paul is instructing Timothy, and he's giving him some advice on different things, and he's actually talking about himself. Paul's saying, okay, you've noticed some things about me. And one thing he said that you've noticed about me, he uses the phrase, you've noticed my manner of life. And what that means is my mode of living. That's what he's talking about there. He says, you've seen how I, how I do things as a Christian. And that would mean things that I allow, don't allow, and those types of things, your mode of living. And so, again, we need to understand, hey, listen, always remember this, when it comes to followship, in other words, your children should be following you, or your Sunday school class is following you, you know, those types of things. Always remember that followship always falls left of center. Do you know what I mean by that? In other words, if your standard is here, most likely they're going to come in here somewhere. It's just the way it is. Okay? Not every time there's exceptions to the rule, but that's just the way it is. Okay? And so my point is, is I need to look at my, myself. You know, what am I doing as far, in other words, if I don't want my, you know, we may have a number, and it could be different for all of us. I'm not here to set your standard. But, but let's just say, okay, I don't want my child to be on the internet more than three hours a day. Okay? That might be a little high, but, but I don't want to be on there more than three hours a day. You know what I'm going to do if I, if I was on the Internet? I'm going to do an hour and a half. Right? Because if I tell them three hours and I'm staying on three hours, guess what they're going to do? They're going to stay on four or five. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? Uh, and so, so we really need to be careful about our manner of life when it comes to these things as well. Um, because a lot of times we could be doing the same thing that we're getting on to our children about. And so as we see there on our notes, check your own use of media and technology. A parent's testimony is paramount. That means it's huge when it comes to these types of things. So set that bar high uh, because, again, people usually fall uh, uh, left of center when it comes to, to those types of things. So check your own uh, use of media and technology. Number two, be aware. Be aware. Number two there, you see First uh, Peter 5, 8. Uh, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. And we've looked at this verse several times throughout this study and even broken it down a couple times. Uh, but as we've already made the illustration, you know, if we knew that, you know, if the, you know, we got a call and said, hey, there's a, there's a actual lion that got loose from the circus and he's out here in your area. You know, we would all be pretty diligent about that thing, wouldn't we? We wouldn't just tell Junior, you know, go outside and have fun. <laughs> you know, we, hey, there's something going on out here. Uh, and so we need to, to understand some things here. 
And, you know, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not against guns. I, I have guns, but, but we wouldn't leave a, a loaded gun on the table in a, in a three- or four-year-old's bedroom, right? I mean, would, would we do that? Would, would we leave a loaded gun just laying there, even though you've taught them that it's dangerous, those types of things? Uh, listen, when we have uh, unlimited TV show access, Internet access, uh, particularly in, in a child's room, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. You need to see it. That's a loaded gun laying there that could cause them uh, harm. Amen. That's how we need to see it. Um, uh, you know, some of the games and those types of things, the types of games, we really need to be careful of those types of things. We've talked about that already. Uh, but we need to be proactive in keeping your children safe. As I say often, you have to raise your children on purpose. Amen. You have to do it. Number three, discuss the dangers with uh, your child. So important that they understand. Now, here's where we've got to be careful, because I'm guilty of this. You know, and, and I've said it, and I get it. You know, but how many times, you know, well, back in my day, we played outside. We didn't sit around all day in front of a video game. You know, and, and that's true. I, I get it. I'm, hey, I'm, I agree. Okay? I agree. All right? But if that's all you make it about, you're going to lose the battle. You're going to lose the battle. Okay? Um, because here's the thing. If we really want to make it stick, look there underneath number three, make it about God and what the Bible teaches about such things. And we'll talk a little bit about how it's important that, that your children want to want to do these things. That's important. Okay? If you just make it a... Uh, back in the day, thing. Hey, listen. Uh, you know, it, it's not gonna. It's not gonna do what you want. Make it a God thing, a biblical thing, uh, a love for God thing. So important. But you do need to discuss those dangers with your child. Number four, set boundaries. Uh, set boundaries. Um, uh, let's see here. I know I didn't. Yeah, Ephesians six one uh, tells us. And you think, well, this is for children. Children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. But I always look at that too as a challenge to me. You know, am. <laughs> Am I giving them something to obey? Or am I wanting the church or the school to do it? Amen? <laughs> you know, uh, hey, listen, uh, for a child to obey me, that means I need to have standards. I need to have rules. And I can't be one way one week and another way the next week. You know, this is, this is how it is, okay? Uh, and so, again, if we want our children to obey us, then we need to be worthy of a parent that, that uh, uh, has something for our children to obey. Uh, and we know, you know, how many in here would say that, boy, my children love boundaries, my children love rules? <laughs> yeah, we don't even like them, right? You say, how do you know that? Well, just speed limit 65. You don't like that, do you? What do you do? You know what you do. Right? You push the boundaries. And children certainly are the same way. Okay, They're the exact same way. Uh, and so, they're, you know, it's not natural, you know. You know, I know they're your little sweethearts, okay? Uh, but uh, uh, the Bible says we've all sinned, amen? We're all sinners. And uh, so, again, we have to have these boundaries. They're not going to like them. They're, it's not going to be always easy. But listen, we have to do it. Why? So they can be protected. So they don't fall off the edge of the cliff. So important to understand. And certainly there needs to be uh, boundaries. We're looking at this in the aspect of media. There needs to be limits on media and technology use. Uh, especially, you know, here, here's the thing, you know, even... You know, going back to when my son was little, and 
And all this stuff began to happen, and it was new. And like I said, it's like standing on the top of the Grand Canyon for the first time going, wow, that's amazing. You know, I'll be able to talk to so-and-so. You know, I'll be, you know, and, and we just didn't realize all the danger that was attached to all that. Um, and so what I'm saying is those, we think about how much has grown over the next 30 years, or even over the last five years, and it's still growing. And we still don't know all the dangers that are out there. And chances are, especially if you're my age, your teenager probably knows five times more about all this stuff than you do. And that also means that they know how to circumvent you with it as well. Well, my child would never... Okay. Okay. I want to make sure, amen. You say, well, you don't trust your daughter? No, I don't trust her on everything. I don't think I should. I don't think she will. But at the end of the day, she's just a human being like everybody else. In the right environment, the right time, the right situation. Amen? Hey, you, well, you don't love your daughter. Hey, I do love her. I do love her. And that's why we need to be diligent. We need to have boundaries. Uh, and we need to understand that there's there's there are unknown dangers out there that we don't understand about all this. And we need to be aware of it. So set boundaries. So important. They're not going to like it. But you need to set boundaries. I, I trust you, baby. <laughs> but I'm not taking any chances. All right, number two, spiritual formation. Now we're going to go to Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter two, and uh, verse two. And uh, we, we've looked at these verses as well. Uh, but um, uh, another great verse, uh, you know, uh, just a. Uh, uh, reminding us of of being a separated people. In other words, we're, we're to be... There was a time, especially if you're like me, you got saved a little later in life, there's a big difference between your lost life and your saved life. It says, verse number 2, Ephesians 2, 2, says, Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world. A worldly walk, according to the prince of the power of the air, that would be Satan, of the spirit that that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That word children, not necessarily meaning children, children, but but certainly those that follow after uh, the things of the devil. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're wicked and evil, but they're simply lost. And so what this tells us is, though, we see there at letter A, here's what we need to learn from this from that verse. If you don't control what you use, Satan will. Amen? You know, there's, there's not this neutral place that we can just stand and say, I'm not going to. I'm not going to attend. You know, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to be a part of that. Hey, listen. Uh, when 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 you don't do it God's way, you just gave place to the devil. Right then, you know. You say, "Well, I'm not for the devil." It don't matter if you don't do it God's way. You gave place to the devil. Okay. And so, what you don't control, um, uh, you know, things that we use, media. Uh, if you don't control what you use, Satan will control it. Uh, and now Satan can't keep your saved child from, from going to heaven. That's not what this is about. But we need to understand that just, you know, a lot of people, praise the Lord, your child gets saved, gets baptized, added to the church, amen. That's the first step, most important step. But understand that that doesn't mean Satan's done with your child. <laughs> you know, he, Satan wants to, to hinder their spiritual formation. Uh, and we're talking about growing in the Lord, spirit, you know, uh, uh, sanctification. So spiritual formation is based on you know, what we allow or don't allow in our children's lives. Often your preacher tells you about how important it is what we allow in our eye gate and our ear gate. 
Because those are gates to where? To our heart. And that's the seed of affection. That's where the battle takes place. The devil wants you to do this. God wants you to do that. And so what we're allowing through our ear and eye gate, uh, our environment, will have a huge effect on us and, and, and our children as well. It's so important that we understand that. Uh, and so Satan certainly uses the media monster, again, to wrest away that attention of our young people, as you see there on your notes. Uh, and, and these are certainly important things that, that children need to focus on to grow spiritually. Um, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, is, is so needful today. And all we got to do is just look at the way things are and, and know that, that God uh, is certainly speaking to, to, to the truth here. Um, uh, I, I believe this... Um, and, and this isn't on your notes, this is just kind of my little rant. But, um, you know, there, there's a lot of discussion about children's church and, and those types of things, and I praise the Lord for, for those that work with our young people and so forth. Uh, but I just know with my own children, um, and, and I know different children have different things going on in their lives, so, you know, please don't misunderstand me. But if we want to be mature Christians and we're trying to bring our children up in the admonition of the Lord, um, I, I believe that, that by the time a child reaches double digits, 10 years old, uh, they ought to be able to sit through an adult church service. You know, now if you're newly saved and, you know, uh, you know, you haven't been in church that long at all, that's a completely different story. But I'm just saying that we have children that are growing up in church, they've been around church all their life, that cannot, well, let's, just, let's just get down to the point. It's not that they can't, they won't. There's a difference between can't and won't. And hey, listen, they don't need to be doodling. Amen? They be drawing and doing a puzzle. They need to be setting up listening to the preaching of the Word of God. Amen? You know, and, and it's so important uh, that, that we do get a hold of this because, again, we're allowing the, the, the devil to wrest away things that that are needful for them, you know, uh, it's so important. And, and again, you know, we, we've looked at the statistics uh, concerning young people, and, and certainly those were very sobering, you know, some of the immoral content and those type, types of things that they're exposed to without even trying. But we're, I'm trying to get you to understand, too, that even if it is somewhat of an innocent game or what have you, these are things that are hurting their spiritual formation. In other words, and, and, and also when it's going on, it's also, you know, distracting others. You know, so so it's it's just it's not good. Hey, listen, that preacher up there, no matter who it is, he's battling the devil when he's up there, and so he needs all the help he can get. Amen. And and so so again, we need to be aware of some things, and and uh, they can do it. Amen. They can do it. And uh, so again, uh, uh, look at this way, especially teens. You know, eleven, twelve year old teens. They're at their most vulnerable, I would say, emotionally and spiritually than in any other time in their life. You know, such an important time in their life. and But parents have to control this because if we don't control it, guess who will? Satan will. Amen? Satan will control it. Uh, and their spiritual formation will suffer, and I believe we're seeing that today. Um, again, even right now as we're speaking, technology is growing. You know, they're coming up with different things. Yes, Brother Bob? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
there's a connection to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, like I said, we kind of wink at some of the stepping stones that have got us to where we're at. You know, I'm guilty, you know. And so, again, we have to be have to be aware of these things. Uh, very, very important. So when that old grumpy preacher gets up there and preaches against things, y'all listen to him, amen? <laughs> All right, so if you don't control what you use, Satan will. Let her be. Pray for your children constantly, and, and probably I could have put consistently as well. And certainly we need to pray for their protection. As you look there at Matthew 6, 13, uh, Sermon on the Mount, and uh, I don't really like to call this the Lord's Prayer because he would never have to pray this prayer, uh, but uh, I call it the model prayer. And uh, one of the things that he brings out in that model prayer is that we're to pray uh, to not be led into temptation, uh, but deliver us from evil, as the verse says, from thy, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Not only for ourselves, we need to pray for uh, our children's uh, uh, protection as well. And this gets to what I said a while ago, that I think when we get back to verse 15, walk circumspectly. Um, and probably this is, to me, this is the most important thing that we could get out of this lesson today. Um, and uh, we look there at Daniel chapter 1. Now, we went through the book of Daniel, if you remember, on Sunday nights, and we talked a lot about, we spent a lot of time talking about Daniel and his youth. We see there in verse 8, and we understand Daniel was exiled from his home, uh, in Judah, brought uh, to Babylon as a very young man, possibly even a, just a young teenager. But notice what it said about this young man. And Daniel purposed in his heart. That's so important. Again, we can say, you know, back in my day, here's the rules. It was so much better. Hey, listen, what we need to be doing is teaching our children to fall in love with Jesus. After they're saved. In other words, to follow him. In other words, that desire be in their heart. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. But the main thing there is he purposed in his heart. And then First uh, Timothy chapter 5, verse 22, Paul instructing uh, the young preacher, lay hands suddenly on no man, but notice what it says in the middle part of that verse, Neither be partaker of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. Listen, our, our children need to hear the truth. But we also need to be giving them a perfect example of that. And we need to encourage them to grow in the things of God. That's, that, that's the key. Because we can't watch them all the time, can we? They, they, they go on. They go to college. They go to school. Those types of things. And so they have to be taught... Uh, and I believe when I say they have to be taught, certainly need to be instructed with words. But I want to tell you something. If you've been a parent any time at all, you understand that this is mostly 95% example. Example. Uh, so so very important to get a hold of. Number three, try to hurry along here. Number three, uh, family relationships. Um, uh, letter A, the greatest earthly protector of our children should be a godly home. Amen. You know, uh, so important, so important to understand. Uh, you know, today's Father's Day, you know, and, and, and daddies need to get a hold of this. Um, 
you know, I've got a message. I don't know if I've ever preached it here or not. I don't think that I have. Uh, but um, uh, the title of it is, if I remember right, is, is your home as sacred as your church? Is your home as sacred as your church? Let me just say it ought to be. It ought to be. And so letter B, we have some practical things here that should be implemented in the family. Number one, we'll go through these things quickly. And uh, uh, the Bible verses, I believe, are there for you. It says, things that should be implemented in the family. Teach your children to look you in the eyes. We've talked about this a little bit, and I just want to reiterate this. Again, you know, there was a time when people spoke face-to-face, even when it was uncomfortable things. Um, uh, you know, um, over the years that I've pastored full-time, last 17 years that I've been in full-time ministry, um, most of the people that have left the church have done it by a letter, a text, or email. I'm going to say 95% of them will not sit down and look you in the eye and have this conversation. That's a problem, isn't it? That's a problem. <laughs> and I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying they were necessarily wicked and God may have moved them, you know, that, that's beside the point, but I'm just saying the unwillingness to sit down and look somebody in the eye and talk is not a good thing. It's not good at all. It's not good, and it's just an indicator of, of some things uh, that's going on in our life. So again, I believe these things are taught. Make it a rule in your family to look one another in the eye. Amen? Amen. That's very, very important. Uh, Paul, um, I'm sorry, uh, Third John, uh, John said, i got a lot of things that I want to talk to you about. And, but he noticed there in verse 14, uh, he says, But I trust I shall shortly see thee and shall speak face to face. You know, I think that's important. Sometimes it can't be helped. You know, if, if somebody lives on the other side of the world, but but the first step ought to be face to face. Amen. I believe that's true. And that's something we need to teach our children. Number two, very limited phone time when home, especially at meals. And again, the, the actual times, you know, that's going to be up to you. Uh, but uh, uh, certainly, I, I would say very limited. Number three, no TV or electronics in the bedroom. Hallelujah. Amen. Bedroom for children is for sleeping. Amen. Amen. Again, we wouldn't just leave a loaded, you know, pistol laying in the room. <laughs> but we we let them go off and you know hide. Hey, listen, you can't you can't do that. Uh, and just even secular statistics show the danger of that. Amen. Much less what the Bible teaches. And so again, you know, another thing that's plaguing. I think young people is staying up late. And I, I understand it sounds kind of trivial, but I'm just telling you, you know, that they stay up till wee hours of the morning, and as Brother Bob just hit on, they're, they're, you know, they're just getting all these different things going through their mind, and, and they don't sleep, that is, until they come to church. You know, and, and God's got a message for them. I mean, every time you come to church, it's, do you realize it's by divine appointment? God has brought you to this place and time because he wants to share something with you. And it's up to us parents to make sure that our children are ready to hear it. Amen. You know, there needs to be a mud hole stomped in a lot of the electronics that are keeping our kids up late at night. I guarantee if it was something in there, that roaring lion that was out there around, and you saw him, and you had a chance to blow him away, you'd boom. 
but we hand them these devices and say, go ahead and have fun, Junior. Oh. Woe is me, right? Notice here, you know, I don't hear too much that ever comes out of California that I like. Notice uh, uh, established digital boundaries. Researchers at the University of California, Los Angeles of all places, published a study which demonstrated that a few days after abstaining from electronic gadgets, children's social skills improved immediately. That's from California. <laughs> you know, it wasn't Dr. John R. Rice. I mean, this was this was from California. Okay? And so certainly we need to establish digital boundaries and and uh, uh, strict limitations on the amount of usage. And uh, uh, I don't know if I put it on your notes there, but, but I, I would just say all of us probably should do a, a fast from these types of things, you know, periodically. Uh, I think would be a good idea. Number four, and I'm trying to hurry. Uh, spiritual development. Uh, be wise with your time. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 17. Verse 15 through 17. Again, we've read verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fuels, but as wise. But notice verse 16 and 17. Redeeming the time, because why? The days are evil. Amen? Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And so, so very, uh, very important. And uh, so we need to be wise with our time. You know, let's be honest, folks. Whether you're sitting down in front of a TV, binge-watching uh, hunting shows, or or, you know, spending time on the social media, playing games or what have you, it is a waste of time. It is. It is a waste of time. Uh, and and um, the, the thing is, is I don't think we're really understanding, is that children are paying the price when we as parents neglect these things. And we just kind of take it as, ah, well, it's just the day and age, well, that's just how it is. You know, they said the same thing about this, and they said the same thing about that. And, well, just keep your head in the sand. But but I'm just telling you, your children will pay a price for that. Amen? And uh, so uh, it's a saying. It's not a biblical uh, saying. But idleness is the devil's workshop. Um, just ask King David. Ask King David. Amen? And uh, it, it cost him three of his children's lives. Idleness is not a good thing. And, then, of course, be filled with the Spirit, verse 18. Uh, be not drunk with wine, where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And don't just get hung up on just the, the wine part. This is saying any outside force, any outside, uh, what am I trying to say, any outside influence that causes you not to be uh, yielded to the Holy Spirit of God is of the devil and it's wrong. And so we need to understand that and get a hold of it. And so Holy Ghost uh, controlled and filling your mind with, filling that is, uh, your mind with God's word. That's important. Uh, and that's the only way to be spiritually discerning enough to walk circumspectly. Uh, and then, I'm talking about us still, but when we do that, now we can equip our children to do the same thing. You know, and that's so important. You know, so again, folks, I, you know, I, I know that I'm a little old fashioned and, you know, and I got my stump speeches and all. And, but, but I don't, this, this isn't about me. I believe this is about what God's word says and what it teaches. And we all see the results. We got to. We got to. Even in our own families, we see it. And, and so it's something I think is very, very important. Father, we ask you now to bless the rest of this day. And, Lord, it's got a little late on me. And so, Lord, we want to go ahead and get things going for the services, uh, Children's Church, and also for our services here. Looking forward to hearing Brother Applegate preach. 
And uh, Lord, I probably should have done this in two lessons, but just kind of wanted it to be together so our minds would be fresh. Keep our hearts tender toward this thing, Lord. And, and Father, I know there's things even today I could do better. Uh, Father, uh, help us to understand and be leery of all these things, especially when it comes to children, grandchildren. And Lord, I know it's an uphill battle. We're not going to be able just to go change things overnight because a lot of us are just, again, let's just be honest, somewhat addicted to these things and don't really know any other way. So, Lord, uh, I just pray for your mercy and grace, uh, Lord, as we try to uh, make those changes that need to be made and uh, help us to be patient, and, and uh, certainly we need truth. But we also need mercy as well. And uh, so, Father, I just pray to your God that uh, you'll help us to understand some things, get a hold of things, pray for our young people, our children, grandchildren, even the children of this church, Lord, uh, that uh, we won't expose them to any unnecessary dangers, Lord. Help us to make those decisions and to see them clear. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen.